0: Father, would it be that tonight that your Holy Spirit would be upon this community of people in power? We're not, we don't want to just come together and talk about stuff unless you're in it. And you promised, Lord, that where two or three people are gathered together in your name, that you would be in their midst. And so we've got these people that came together tonight, not to hear from me or to just to hear some music or to hear about some things that are happening, but to experience you. And so we're asking that we would experience you tonight. And would you change our lives because we've been together? Each one of us tonight is asking for more of you. Help us, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you guys can sit down, and I want to say welcome to some new people who are, who are here tonight. First of all, for the first time ever, we've got Mrs. Lasco. Where's she? So she was Miss Gilliland last time she was here, and then, uh, and then where's her husband? Where's your husband? He was here earlier. Okay, well, Mr. and Mrs. he used to sit with her before they got married. Okay, so glad Mrs. Lasko is here back from being Mrs. Gilland. Also, you guys want to meet the other new people? We 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 got Denny's. Where's Denny's? Is it Denny or Denny's? Denny's with an S. Cool deal, man. Got a restaurant named after you. Welcome to the Cornerstone. And then we got Andrew Miller. Where's Andrew? Right here. Hey, Andrew, what's up? Glad you're here. And then we got Jessica. Are you Jessica? No? Oh, Jessica's back here. Hey, Jessica. Jessica and Kelvin. Where's Kelvin? Kelvin, hey, man. Glad you're here. Kelvin, we're glad you're here. you then Yuga-san. Yuga-san. Here's Yuga. Yuga. Hey, Yuga. So we got Utah from Japan, and we got Yuga from Japan. How cool is that? Cool deal. And then back after a whole year of being away is Mr. Elia. Hey, welcome back, man. He went to Boston for a year but couldn't stand to be away, so he's back. And the first place he came when he got back was the Cornerstone. How cool is that? Okay. Guys, this is what we're going to do. We're gonna, um, if, you, if nobody told you what we're doing tonight, we're studying the Bible, Okay. So that means it'd be a great idea for you to get your Bible. If you don't have one, like I, like I always say, I'll buy you one. If you don't have one tonight and you need to borrow one, Mr. Sudanchu will give you one. He's right there. Just smile pretty at him and he'll be glad to grab you one. Um, so let's start by doing this. I want to ask you guys when somebody tells you, uh, when you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to the cornerstone, and they're like, what's that? What's your answer? It's a great place, thank you, Isis. Okay, it's a great place, and they're like, "Well, what's great about it? it isn't you know what Okay, free coffee, What else do you guys tell them you Do you know, hear about Jesus? And if somebody says, "Okay, who's Jesus, what do you say? What do you say? I mean, here's my yeah, yes, little my shirt, Ian. Ian grabbed this shirt at Walmart and said, Dad, it's only five bucks, let's, buy, let's each buy one. So I'm team Jesus today. Um, I'm team Jesus every day. So, okay, so they tell us about, we talk about Jesus. Who, and I said, who's, what do you, if they say who's Jesus, what do you tell them? Okay, Scatter's scatter back on the microphone here. Tell them. My Lord and Savior. Okay, my Lord and Savior. What else do you tell them about Jesus? Uh, no, <laughs> no cheating, Matt. <laughs> Uh, Good answer. He's the son of God. The son of God? Or God as a person? He is, he is God as a person. Okay, God in a bod. That's right. Um, God became human. The, God, the creator of the universe, God can do anything he wants. And can he, can he enter into the time and space he created? Yes, he can. Can he become human? Yes, he can. Has he ever become human? Yes, he did. So then they say, well, what's God? And you say, He's a creator of everything. Creator of everything. Oh, you guys get that? Yeah, yeah. Now they all understand. Oh, he's a creator of everything. Okay, good. What else do you guys tell him? They say, what's God? Well, creator and then all in one and authority. Okay, he's the authority. What else do you tell them? You're in luck the microphone doesn't reach. <laughs> what do you tell them? He's my pops. He's my pops, okay? Now, now, with that, he's the creator, and he's the one in authority, and he's my pops. Now everybody's got a clear picture of who God is, right? Okay, how do you describe God? That's what I want to talk about it tonight. Because we talk about God like, oh, he's God. Everybody knows who he is. But not everybody knows who he is. Not everybody understands who he is or what he's like. So here's what I want to do to help you guys understand how we describe God. The question is, do, do, you guys, do you guys know God, or do you just know about God? And is it possible to know about God without knowing him? And is it possible to know him even without knowing a bunch about him? But let's do this. How many of you guys, um, let's see, who's eaten jackfruit before? Uh, I love it. Okay. So Sudanchi, would you please come up here and tell us about jackfruit? And I need somebody else to tell us about, actually, Yuta-san, would you come and tell us about takoyaki? Okay, come here, come here, come here. Okay, come here. And I need one person to tell us about like the coolest person they've ever met. Timothy. Timothy is cool. Okay, Timothy is going to tell us about the coolest person. The okay, you come here. You thought, come here. Okay, you th- Okay, come on, Timothy. Okay. Okay, so Sudansha, you start tell us about jackfruit. Have you yes, ever had jackfruit? You guys know what jackfruit is? Okay, so jackfruit is a really big fruit which is prickly and it's on the outer side, and it's inside is fleshy part. So you can eat it raw, or you can cook it. I like when it's cooked, and it tastes like chicken if you cook it well. No, if you make it, no, it does. If you Come home and my let my mom cook it for you. It will taste like chicken. Okay, you guys, you guys know what jackfruit is now. Okay. Glad you guys know what Jackford is. I, I, kn- I know you guys are gonna like it. Okay. The coolest person I've met is standing right here. No, no, somebody they haven't met before, Somebody oh. they have no idea about. No, no. <laughs> well, he's a guy, and he has short hair. He's about my height. Uh, he's probably... No, he's close. He's kind of probably Asian, the same as I am, but. He's you know he's my invisible friend so yeah <laughs> he he he's my twin but I have a lot of cool people y'all are my friends so okay. awesome. Thank you. all of y'all are my best friends so cool friend. I was asking Timmy to f- pick one person and describe that person so you can think one, about it Oh one person? Yeah, you going to yeah. think about it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, as you're thinking about that, we'll get you to tell okay. us about takoyaki. Okay, <laughs> like I'll give Timothy a hand. Good job, Timothy. Yeah. Oh. Um uh, takoyaki is uh one of the Japanese soul food. And uh it's difficult to explanation explain. I can say it's delicious. Oh. Dishes. <laughs> That's all Okay, good job, Utah. Good job, Timothy Good job, you guys Okay uh, do, you guys, do you guys feel like you know what they're talking about now? Jackfruit, takoyaki, and Timothy's friend Okay Here's a, none of those words as, I know you guys did a good job But as hard as you guys tried Nobody here feels like they really know Very much about jackfruit And nobody feels like they really know what Takoyaki unless unless you've experienced it, right? And when it comes to God and helping other people know about him, there's no words, there's no arguments, there's no explanations, there's no comparisons that are going to help anybody know about him. What helps people know about Jackfruit and Timothy's Invisible Friend (laughs) (laughs) and Takoyaki is an experience with those things. And what helps people know God or know about God is an experience with him. You guys know Dean, right? Everybody said that Dean looked like the Japanese Jesus. Okay, that's what they said. Dean left. Ruth took him to the airport on Monday at 4.30 in the morning, and he spent nine months or ten months with us here. And prior to that, he would spent about ten years doing stuff with my family back in Japan. And Dean doesn't know Jesus yet. I really, really want Dean to know Jesus, but the night before he left to go back to Japan, he was at our place, and we were just talking about what the last 10 months have been like, and I, and, we, and we talked about his experience with Jesus, and his experience with Christians, and and I said, you know, Rin, you've learned so much about Jesus, you've learned so much about the Bible, but I never pushed you, and he said, I appreciate that so much, you never pushed me, and the people of the cornerstone never pushed me. There was only one person that pushed me, me, and that was when I went to the Japanese church up in North Dallas, and I met the pastor there, and after the service was over, he spent about one hour with me trying to convince me to be a Christian. And what he kept saying to me, he says, you just need to believe. Just believe. Just believe. And Dean felt like, I can't pretend to believe if I don't believe and so when the conversation was over what he told me was he said my Japanese friends who had taken me there looked so sad because I hadn't become a Christian and I said Dean you know what I never pushed you because I did not want you to pretend to be something that you really weren't I wanted authenticity in in Dean's life and the surest way to push people away from seeking Jesus is to try to force them I'm think about this If you guys all had a great idea who Skylar's wife should be, the surest way to make that girl run is for you to try to convince her that Skylar's going to be her husband. Well, maybe not. No, maybe not. Actually, who wants to be Skylar's wife? Okay. I mean... Okay, here's the point nobody's going to raise their hand because if they raise their hand it's like, "Man, I am scattered is like, no, don't put me in that awkward situation, sorry, Scatter." This is a, I really appreciate Scatter sitting up so close to me up here. Uh, the surest way to convince him to not want to pursue that girl is if you and I are trying to put him together with her. Right? And this, this, the tragedy of what happened with, with Dean when he went to the church up in North Dallas is that up to that point, he was ready to go back to Japan and plug in his Christian fellowship. But after that, he said, Steve, I don't think I can go, I don't think I can go back to Japan and be a part of Christian fellowship because Japanese people just put too much pressure on me to try to make me love something that I don't love yet. So here's the deal with the food that we just talked about. How many of you guys l- who have n- who never knew about who never heard the word takoyaki before now you love takoyaki? Josh raised his hand, but he is not serious. How many of you who have never had jackfruit before now love jackfruit? How many of you who loved Timothy's invisible friend before n- have n- never met him, now love him? Okay, some of you, that's a little easier because you guys love Timothy. Here's the deal. Here's what I want to say to you guys just like the, pa- the, the Japanese pastor who talked to in was saying to him just love it. Come on, come on, guys. Just love jackfruit, please. Does that help you? Just try a little harder. I want everybody in here before you leave tonight to love jackfruit, and you can't do it unless you experience jackfruit. Oh, there you go. There, thank you, thank you. And how about takoyaki? You got one for takoyaki? Please, if you if you can't, at least be- oh. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. So those people, there's some people in here who have had takoyaki, and you guys love takoyaki. But I'm trying to convince everybody that tonight you can love it, even if you've never experienced it. Here, here's the deal. That's, that's ridiculous, guys. So I'm, I'm sometimes accused of not being very evangelistic when it comes to Jesus. Guys, I'm super evangelistic when it comes to Jesus. But what I want from people is an authentic experience of God that isn't just the result of me pushing them. Because if we push them and push them and push them to trust in God when they've had no experience with him, they push him away. Or what some of the people in this room have done is there are people in this room who knew they, that There's this God out there, and they wanted to have an experience with him, but they didn't have an experience with him. And so because of the kind of the guilt that they felt by not having an experience with God and because of the pressure that some youth pastor or some pastor or some parent or some friend put on them, they're like, okay, to make up for the lack of experience with God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn about God. I'm going to study. I'm going to learn the Bible. I'm going to learn the things about God, and that's going to be my Christian experience. So what is, what is the word that we use for the study of God? Theology. Theology, theology is right. And, and what's happened so many times in so many people's lives is theology has replaced in intimacy. The goal of the Christian life is intimacy with God. Right? And when, when so many times because we haven't experienced an intimacy with him, we're like, okay, I'm going to fill it up with learning about him. The problem is thinking that you can know God by studying theology alone is like thinking that you can know Donald Trump by studying politics. Or thinking that you can know humans by studying anatomy and psychology. Who's who's taking anatomy? Okay, who's taking psychology? Did Did those classes help you to understand humans, help you to know humans? Maybe some. But those classes alone without the actual experience of being with a person, didn't help at all. To to know people, you had to be with people. You had to have an experience with people. And so, Yuta gets up and tells you how great takoyaki is. But you don't know takoyaki. If you don't know takoyaki, it's impossible for you to know what he's talking about. It's, It's impossible. So what does he use? He uses words like, like. It's like. This it's what did he say? It's delicious. Sudanshu said, "It's spiky and tastes like chicken." I've never I've never had jackfruit that tastes like chicken, so I'm coming to your mom's house, man. (laughs) I know your mom and I like your mom, but I've never had her jackfruit. Okay, so we use we use words like like, and even if we're like it's delicious. When we use words like that, it's it's delicious. What are we saying? It's, we're, we're inviting, what he's doing is he's inviting you guys to put takoyaki in a category that you guys can compare with something else. You guys know what I mean? It's like, you've had other delicious things, I hope. And he's like, okay, this is delicious, so you have something to compare that with. So, when it comes to God, what do you compare him with? It's like, okay, he's like, I mean, I asked you guys this, right? I said, what is he like? He's like, okay, he's creator. He's authority. He is, what did, you, what, did you, what did you say, Nick? He's Pops. Okay. What is he saying? He, here's something that you guys have some experience with. Pops. Who calls their dad Pops? Okay, Some of you guys do. Okay, he does. Okay, cool, man. Okay, so he's like, you guys have an experience like this, and God is like that. But the Bible doesn't expect you to be able to compare God to anything. God doesn't expect that you're going to be able to say, oh, he's like this. In fact, to do that. God calls it. Do you guys know what God calls it? When you, when you take God and say, oh, he's like this? It's putting him in a box, and God, is God honored by that? He, I think he's honored if we're careful with it. But think, I want you guys to think about what the Ten Commandments say about giving God a description that misrepresents him. Okay? Do you guys know what the Ten Commandments are? Mount Sinai, God speaks to Moses. He says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, that's the first one. He says, well, you, you have no gods but me. Second one, you shall, make yourself, you shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them because I, the Lord, your God, am a... Jealous God, punishing the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, or the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Okay, well, God seems really serious about not letting people make images of himself that are less than what he really is you guys get that? Second, That's second commandment. Did you guys get all that? First commandment is what? No other gods. Thank you, Amelia. Second commandment? No images. Third commandment? Okay, we're going to practice this, okay? <laughs> Who cares if we're running out of time? Okay, first commandment. No other, gods. No other gods. What's the first commandment? No other, gods. No other gods. Okay, no, no other gods before him, he says. And notice there's you know whatever gods are out there, whatever deities are out there that the Bible talks about, no other God before him. second commandment is no idols. no idols, no it's not just an idol that you guys think of as an idol, but no image of God, no image of God. Third commandment is no misrepresenting his name. in other words he has a name, he has an identity and you misrepresent that and God will not hold anybody guiltless. okay God seems really, really concerned about this. I want you guys to think. Th- think about why does God seem so worried about somebody making an image of him I'm going to show you some pictures okay I'm going to show you some pictures that are bad representations of you'll see you got them there no not those nope not that not that back to back to the, the 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 first the actual pictures that we took of the cornerstone people what's that Okay, okay, can, send, send him, okay, this is, I'll just tell you what it is, oh, we had some great pictures, so don't you, you didn't send those to him, She them? okay, okay, we worked on this all day, but uh, that's okay, um, we got some great pictures of some of the people at the Cornerstone, but they wouldn't think they're the great, great pictures, they were pictures of, they were pictures that, that you would not put on your, uh, as your profile picture on Facebook, <laughs> Okay. Now, why are there certain pictures that you would not want on your profile picture on Facebook? Because why? Because it misrepresents who I am. I mean, I got some ugly pictures of myself. And I don't want those on Facebook. Why don't we want those pictures, those, those misrepresenting pictures of ourselves on Facebook? Because people think that's what I'm really like and I don't want them to think that I'm like that, right? Isn't that the same thing for God? That that God doesn't want who he is to be misrepresented by some funky artwork. Does that make sense? And the reason that God doesn't want his identity misrepresented is not the same reason because of us. I and mean, when, when you see that somebody snapped a picture and put it on Facebook that was really bad of you, what's your concern? It's all about... I don't want people to think about me like that because I like me and that they, don't, they might not like me if they think of me like that. Right? But when, it's, when God doesn't want his name represented, it's not that he's worried about himself. He understands that the consequence of people misunderstanding his identity may cause them to reject him and rejection of God means separation from God which is equal to hell. Okay, so I want you guys to see, we do have some pictures of those misrepresentations of God. So put, go ahead and put those, sorry, it was my fault I didn't send you the earlier pictures. So, but these ones I did. So go ahead and Christian, put those up there. And guys, also, Christian has served here consistently for, uh, do you, do you, Christian's been at the quarterstone longer than anybody else. You know, you know when he first started hanging out here and serving? Oh. Okay. That's my daughter who got married two weeks ago. She doesn't look near as good there as usual. That's at her wedding, me and my wife. That's not too bad, is it? Except that there's like ink across our faces. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay. Any more? Okay. Okay. You guys get the point. Thank you. Let me just tell you, let me brag on Krishna a second. Krishna started serving here when he was 13 years old. That was like 10 years ago. How old are you now? 22? 22. So, nine years ago, he started serving here. Please give him a hand. Thank you, Christian, for all the slides you've done. Okay, here's, a, here's some, an artist's depiction of God. What's wrong with that? Okay, he's an old man in the sun. Here, here, basically, he doesn't look like that. That's somebody's idea. I mean, if somebody, if, if we just drew a picture of Timothy's invisible friend based on what he told us, every one of you would come up with a different idea, and you're going to see the different ideas. Okay, well, show us the next one. Okay, there you go. That's that's an artist depiction of God, an old man with he's Anglo. Got some. I mean, there's something wrong with that. Okay, give me give me give me another picture. Okay, here's another person's depiction of God. Okay, okay, that's that's um, is that Ganesh? Is it Ganesh? Ganesh. Okay, so that's Ganesh. That's that's an artist depiction of God. Okay, what's wrong with that? What's, what's wrong with it guys? Okay, you said it's not God, okay, but it's an artist's depiction of God. okay, okay, go, go to the next one Okay, here you go. This, this is an artist's depiction of God. this is actually a depiction of the god Zeus, but still it's some, some artist depiction of God. okay, keep go, go to the next one. Okay, this uh, Humayun. is it in? Hanuman, Hanuman is it who is it? Hanuman okay, this is Hanuman and um, this is an artist's depiction of God. Okay. Okay. Is that it? That's the end. Okay. Okay. Here's my question for you guys. Do any of these pictures help you love God more than you, than you did a few minutes ago before you saw them? No. Okay. You said yes. Yes. Okay, how about, the, how about the picture that I'd sent you of, um, oh, we didn't get that one, of Jesus' uh, a picture. There's a picture that looks, that, that I like better than any of those, and I'm sorry we didn't get it up there, but it's a picture of, a, uh, of Jesus with, a, he's just got a happy face. But it's a massive representation of God. That's, that's some artist depiction, partly because he's Anglo with blue eyes. That is not Okay. So, whatever picture you make of God on a piece of paper, it's inadequate. It's not what God is like. And the reason that God doesn't want those is because to misrepresent Him is to cut people off from the eternal life that He wants to give them. And He says, you can't compare to anything. Let's look in your Bibles. Okay, let's look at Isaiah 40, verse 18. Isaiah 40, verse 18, let's see what God says. Actually, let's, let's look at verse 25. Verse 25 and 26. Can somebody read that for us? Verse 25. Verse 25 and 26. Who will you compare me to, or who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Look up and see who created these. He brings out the starry host by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Okay, guys, we got, we got a saying here. I want you to understand this. God is saying, who are you guys going to compare to? You guys want to make make me look like a... like." A monkey, or do you want to make me look like an elephant, or do you want to make me look like an Anglo, or do you want to make me look like whatever you do? You cannot have, you do not have anything in your experience here on earth that you can compare me to that I'm going to be like. And he says he doesn't give us one hint of what you can understand him being like, and what is that according to this verse? What's that? Look up on high. And looked at what? What he's like? You guys want, you don't have anything you compare me to, but to his creation exactly. That the, cre- the 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 one hint that he gives you of what he's like is he says, "Look up at the heavens. Look at who cre- look who created all these stars. How many stars are there in the universe? Come on, you guys go to university, don't you? How many stars in the universe? Okay, okay, let me." Okay, we're backing up here. How many grains of sand on the sea? On, how many grains of sand on this planet, on the seashores of this planet? Okay, here's what the scientists say: number of grains of sand on this on this planet is ten to the seventeenth power. Okay. Okay. If you multiply ten to the seventeenth power times ten, what do you get? Ten to the eighteenth power. If you multiply by another ten, how many do you get? 10 to the 19th power. And you keep on multiplying. Do you guys know how many stars are in the universe? 10 to the 20, according to the European Space Agency, there's 10 to the 24th power stars in the universe. Okay, do you guys have any idea how many that is? No, 10 with 24 zeros. 10 with 24 zeros. You, how, who thinks they can count 10 to 24 zeros? Okay, here, here, you guys want to know how big that is? It's pretty big, that's right. Are you guys interested in this at all? Okay, this is how i 'm going to help you guys understand it. If we take all the stars in the universe and divide them evenly among all the people at the cornerstone, one two or one 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 actually let's not do it all the people at the cornerstone let's do it let's do it um for all the people that's fine you guys can take that off because you're going to distract people um if you take it and you divide all the stars in the universe according to the European Space Agency. Divide all the stars in the universe according, uh, um, among all the people in the world. How many people are in the world? 8 Getting close to 8 billion now. Okay. If you, so if you take 24 to the, to the twi- or 10 to the 24th power and divide it by 8 billion, what do you get? Yes. Okay. And now, to help you understand how many stars that is, you take... So everybody gets the same number of stars. In other words, Jessica's going to get the same number of stars as Miles. Miles gets the same number of stars as Ashish. Ashish is the same number as Timothy. All right, we'll give you an extra one. Um, you take all those stars, and each person got their little bucket of stars, and now you're going to count them out. And we're going to count them out at a rate of one per second. How long is it going to take you to count your stars? How long, how long is that going to be? One, two, three, four, five, six. Any ideas, guys? years for you to count your stars. According to the European Space Agency's numbers, which I did the math, so if you want to check my math, please do, because I'm not as good at math as you guys probably are. 5,186,000 years for every person on this planet to count other stars. But actually, there's more people now, so that's less stars per person. But do you guys understand what I'm saying? And what God is saying is that he knows them All by name. You thought you had a lot of friends on Facebook. (laughs) God knows all the stars by name. And he says, you guys want to know what I'm like? You want to know how big I am? Look up at those stars and start counting. Because I made them all. I know them all by name. I exist around every one of them. They're my pet stars. That's the way I am. You want to know what I'm like? There's your hint. Because there's nothing in your experience that is going to even come close to you comparing me to anything else. All the books in the world, all the PhDs in the world, all the encyclopedias in the world, all the calculators in the world, is nowhere close to, to, know, to helping us to know who God is, how big he is. Okay. So here's the question I want to ask you guys. Does that mean there's nothing that we can do to understand God? He just said there was. He says, Look up in the sky and contemplate how big I am. But we're not going to count all the stars. So what Paul prays, guys, flip over to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 18. Let's start in verse 17. Verse 17. Paul is writing to the the people in Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, and he says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that the glorious Father, the creator of all, the king of the universe, that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. How are you going to know him better? This is Bible study, guys. Look at it. He says, there's a way that you can know God. That there's a, there's a spirit of wisdom. Exactly. It's about revelation. I mean, all the studying in the world, all the artwork in the world, all Timothy and Sudanshu and Utah's explanations in the world are not going to do justice. All the studying of the Bible in the world, all the studying of theology in the world is not going to do what it takes for the people at the cornerstone to know God. What it's going to take is an opening of your heart to the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know better. And if that happens, what Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. Not just these eyes, so, so we see something. Because how, how do you see something that is not visible? God is real, but he's not visible in the way that we understand stuff that's visible. What are you going to say, Nick? Jesus. Amen. Do you know why Jesus is called the word of God? The explanation of God. You heard heard Utah's explanation. You heard Saddam's explanation. You heard Timothy's explanation. And Jesus comes and he is the word of God. The physical, that's what a word is. It's a physical expression of something that's in your mind. Every word that you're hearing me speak right now, I've I've got thoughts in my mind, right? And I'm trying to get those thoughts out of my mind and your mind. How do I get that out? It comes through words. It's a physical expression of the thoughts in, that are in my mind. That's what Jesus is. The physical expression of the thoughts of God. Jesus is that. But without God's work in our heart, we don't know God. So here's what I want to talk we got We got 10 minutes left. Uh, I want to talk about a few ideas that rose in our world ideas, worldviews that came out of people learning about God but missing the spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay? Is that okay? You guys with me? You guys got 10 10 minutes more brain power to to study the Bible? Okay, so Romans 1. Look at Romans 1. The the misunderstanding of who God is based on a bunch of head knowledge but missing the spirit of wisdom and revelation produced this. Romans 1.18. Romans 118, the, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Understand what God's saying is that there, there's, there's truth out there and there's people that, that suppress the truth in their own lives and in the world around them. And that is what pours out the wrath of God on humanity is that, that, that there's God... But rather than accepting him as God, rather than accepting the revelation of God, they suppress it. Since, look at verse 19. Since, that means because, because what may be known about God is plain to them. Do you guys understand what Paul's saying? Is that who God is, the the, the breadfruit or the takoyaki or Timothy's invisible friend, wasn't plain to any of us. But what he's saying is that the, the God of this universe, the truth about God is plain to the people of this world. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen. You hear that? That you guys wonder what God's like? Open your eyes. The, the hints, the echoes of God's work are all over the place. They've been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. And in other words, people are without excuse because the, the revelation of God has been given. It is available. And people said, I think I like a God that looks like that instead. And that's, what's, that's what the Bible says brings about the wrath of God. So i want to give you guys four worldviews on God and God and creation, okay? And then we're going we're gonna to end there. This, is, this feels a little bit more like class time, but let me grab a pen here. And the, the, first, the first description of the world that you guys are really familiar with is atheism, Okay? So atheism, and this is what atheism looks like, okay? The idea of atheism, we're going to draw a circle here. The idea of atheism is that there is nature, but no God at all. All that there is, is natural. All that there is, is material. There is nothing above the physical. There There is nothing outside of nature. No supernatural. And what that means is that If atheism is accurate, that means that there is no free will, there's no standard of morality, and that you really don't have the ability to choose for yourself because you're just a product of chemical forces. That's atheism. Okay. Second worldview is what we what is called what we call pantheism. Okay. These are fancy words, but pantheism and pantheism. Is basically means that you've got nature, and you've got God, but that, let me get up another color pen here, you've got, you got nature, and you've got God, and basically pantheism says that God is nature. God equals nature. In other words, God's, God's not above nature, but God is in nature. God's in God's in this world, and this world is in God. This comes out in belief systems like Star Wars. And Hinduism, some forms of of Buddhism, Shintoism, animism—that there's there's a God in in everything. Okay, that's pantheism. Then we got then you, a, a kind of a subset of pantheism, or usually a subset of pantheism is, is dualism. Do you guys, have you guys heard of this before? This dualism is kind of like okay, you got you got nature, and within nature, you've got You've got God. God's kind of p- part of nature, you, but you've got two, kind of two gods. You got good God and bad God. You got good and evil. Okay, you guys have heard this philosophy before. This this really is like Star Wars. Like you got the Force, and you, you know the Force can be the Force can be used by you. God can be used by you, but you. Since God is part of nature, you can use it for the good or the bad. But it's it's really not above nature. It's part of you already. You just need to learn how to use it. Okay. You guys hear this? You guys heard these philosophies before? Then you got, um, then you got deism. Okay, you guys heard of deism, right? Okay, well, and deism, I guess, would be depicted. You got nature over here, and you've got God over here. Okay, there's a, there, there's there's nature and there's God, but they're not overlapped. They're not connected. They're two different en- entities. Maybe maybe God did make nature. Maybe God made the universe, but He's left it. Kind of alone to run its course by itself. He's not involved. And then, of course, what you guys, most of you, most of, most of you don't follow any of these. The the worldview that you follow, and that the Bible teaches, is what is it? What's the fancy word that we use for that? Theism. theism, exactly. So theism, theism, is theism. If we were to draw a diagram here, I'm not sure the best way to di- to diagram this, but I guess if If you looked on the side, those circles that, those circles that I was drawn earlier, um, if you kind of tilted that the side, you'd have nature here, and you'd have um, you'd have right there parallel to it, just millimeters away from it, you'd have God so the idea that that nature is real, God is real, but there is an intersecting of God and nature, and this is what the Bible teaches that there's that God isn't 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 part of nature. He's not just far away, but that He's involved in nature. He's involved in you, but He isn't you. He's not the physical you. Okay. Let me give you let me give you three words that I want that that'll help us wrap this up. First word is omniscience. Omniscience means all knowing. God knows everything. God knows everything, and I don't think that man, that means that God knows everything, every possibility of everything. In other words, a few years ago when Ian asked me if, I'm curious, George's master, whose name is what? The man with the yellow hat. When my son Ian said, Is the man with the yellow hat a Christian? And I said, "Um, He's not real. And he said, But if he is real, would he be a Christian? And I said, that's a nonsensical question. So, does God know whether the man with the yellow hat would be a Christian if he was real? And the answer is, God knows, God knows all things that there are to know. He doesn't know, whether, you know what scholar's name would have been if he had been born in Madagascar. You know, that's, that's a nonsensical question. Okay. Omniscience, omnipresence. What does omnipresence mean? That God is everywhere. God is everywhere all the time. But that, also, that doesn't mean that God is is everywhere with the same amount of volume or the same amount of velocity or voltage all the time. There's times when God comes upon his people in power. And there's other times where you're like, okay, God, I need your power to get through to today. And then the, the, the other word is omnipotence. What does omnipotence mean? All powerful. God, we just read about this, this universe that God created. That means God, God has the power to do anything. And also it means, guys, this is important that all power in the universe comes from God. Where does the devil get his power? God. The devil has power from God on loan to himself, and God will all use, always use whatever power the devil has for his own purposes. It's not like the devil ha- is, has original power. All that is borrowed from God. All your power is borrowed from God. So, you guys, I want to go back to just the original question, the last minute that we have. What does it mean to know God? I mean, all this stuff, you you study about all this stuff. But what I want you guys to understand is that God had a plan for people to know him, not just to know about him. And what what I really had wanted to do tonight, and of course, we're way out of time, but next week I want to talk about God's name, his identity who God is and how God reveals himself to people and why God reveals himself to people and how we can know him. Because just to come here and to learn about, learn a bunch of this, the, you know, a bunch of stuff, head knowledge, doesn't change our lives. God is calling the people at the Cornerstone to be people who are close to him. The question is, do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to be close to him? So get, let's stand up. We're out of time. I just want to pray for us as we close. Father, would it be that we'd know you personally? We don't want to just know about you. We don't want to just know uh, about you like we know about breadfruit or takoyaki or Timothy's invisible friend. Lord, we really want to know you. And so would you, would you answer the cries of our hearts, Lord, as we're asking you for intimacy with you. Not just uh, knowledge about you, but knowledge of you. And so, Lord, would you do that even in our hearts tonight? Bring us close to you. God, we're asking for your work in every person here. And we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're a small group leader, would you raise your hands? We've got small groups. If you guys need prayer, these guys will pray for you. And uh, just want to remind you guys again, you're invited to my house.